WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James, and I could listen to that all day and all night. And But better than that, I can talk with the guy who was there from the very beginning, Alberry Caesar from The Times, and he joins us this hour on WGN Radio. Caesar, thanks for being there. Now, now that I said that, it would help if I turned on the phone. It only works that way. It's not, it's not magic. I should have done this earlier, but I was busy listening to Times records. So, with that in mind, Caesar, welcome to WGN. Hello. Hi, Caesar. Do you hear me? I hear you. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of low. <laughs> okay. Well, I might be I might be able to fix that, and if I can't, I'll just scream. No, it's, it's uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, I am just so glad to uh, to talk with you. It's been firstly, it's been far too long, but secondly, I think the time story is one of my all time favorite R&B records and pop records too really story and I was just remembering today because sadly of course Len Berry left us this year that when you guys did So In Love which of course was on the original 45 and I'll ask about that later but uh, that he he kind of commented looks like you guys just met each other tonight so I assume (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you should say that because my wife said you know, my wife said the same thing uh, about a couple of days ago. You know, we were talking about Lenny and, you know, the tours that we've done and stuff like that. And when we got on the stage, it was like we didn't even, like, we didn't even know each other. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is amazing because, of course, you, you started out as the Latineers. You'd been performing, and uh, I, I think there was an album that had been recorded before So In Love hit. So my first question is, why did that take you by surprise? Well, I'm finding finding it hard to hear you. Okay. Uh, well, I'll t- I'll tell you what. I'm going to fix that, and this will uh, this will give me a moment to uh, also uh, get together and play a couple more times records, or at least at least these words of knowledge. So we'll be back in moments on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James. Those are the times anymore. In fact, I played that because I had read an article, actually, it was a British publication a while ago that had done an article with Caesar, and when they asked him about his favorite Times records, of course, he said, so much in love, but he also said, any more, and I said, great choice. Uh, that, of course, was on the Somewhere album, and it was also Wincoat, which was a budget label of Cameo Parkway, had put out uh, a Times Greatest Hits thing in 1964, which was just delightful, and it was on that as well. So we're going to make another go for it. And who knows, but we'll try it again and see if you can hear me now. Are you there? Hello? Oh, gosh. You're still not hearing me? Now I give up. It's still a little low. Yeah. It would be better if I called you? I don't, you know, I don't know what's doing this, is the truth. And uh, I just got John in here to ogle the board as well, because everything looks like it should be perfect. And I'm sitting here saying, I don't know what to do now. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. My daughter, she's coming in to adjust okay. the phone. Maybe it's my okay. phone. All right. Adam says to call Joey. Okay. Adam needs to tell me what. Yeah. Number. So hello, hello. Is that better? Oh, much, much, much better. Oh, yeah, good. My daughter, okay. She came in and adjusted my volume on my phone. Oh, well, good. What? What's her? What's her name? Tiana. <laughs> Tiana, thank you, Tiana. Thank you, thank you. All right, all right. Boy, I, I tell you. Oh, wow, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, that that's fine. I, I was about to rewire a board, and I'm thinking, what? 
You know, oh man! Good gracious yeah. of me! But that, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, she she she's like a, a computer, my computer whiz, everything. If, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even know how to use a computer. Oh well, you'd probably be be better off for it in many ways. But it gave me a chance to play any more. And as I was saying, I read an article in a publication in England several years ago where you cited that as one of your all-time favorite Times records. Right, right, yeah. yeah we, we did a lot of good tunes, you know, but uh, some of them stick, stick in your mind and, 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 you know, they become favorites. I, I like the arrangement. I like the, uh, the vocals we put on them and, you know, stuff like that, you know. But we've done, we, we've done a lot of good stuff. And, you know, we, you were talking about Lynn Barry in the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah, I miss him. He was a good friend, you know. And uh, we, yeah, of, of course, I don't know if you know, we did one, two, three. We were the background. Vocals. Yes. One, two, three. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm not jumping ahead of you, am I? <laughs> no, but that, that's fine. But you did, weren't you also uh, the, the jewels on the Billy Abbott yeah. record, Groovy <laughs> Baby? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that was that was funny. We were we were we were in um uh we went before we even recorded we were in what you call it a tip top talent hunt. I think you remember that the tip yeah. top red. Oh yeah. And uh what it what it is, you know, you auditioned for with the tape. You auditioned the tape, sent it in and um what happened, uh, a gentleman by the name of Leroy Lovett heard us. And uh, I asked him, you know, while you know while things were going on, is there any way we can find somebody we can record or whatever the case may be? He said, yeah. He said, go on down to Cameo Parkway and um, ask for a gentleman named Billy Jackson. Yeah. You know, and I said, no problem. But anyway, uh, while we were in the studio, after we had recorded uh, so much in love, Billy Abbott and the Jewels were in the studio recording too, and it, it wasn't going too well. And uh, Billy asked us, did we want to go and do the background? So we said, yeah, no problem. We did it. We did about two takes of it. And, uh, you know, it, it was a big hit. And then we went back as guests of the Tip Top Talent Hunt. They had the, the, the show. Yeah. And uh, the, the Jewels were there. But we were we were backstage while they were on stage, and we did the background vocals <laughs> behind stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy business. <laughs> well, well, it is, and and none crazier than Cameo Parkway, of course. So, so I got to ask: when I first got the record, and I was probably one of the first people to buy it when it came out, and my Parkway mm -hmm. forty five still says it says so in love. It does not say right. so much in love. What's the deal there? Well, what happened uh, when we first went to Cameo? When we first auditioned, um, we we called with, with the George when George brought the song to us we were rehearsing it and we called it as we stroll along yeah and uh what had happened uh uh billy jackson and roy Strangers they got together and they put put you know added the hook so much in love and uh, uh, uh it was a big it was a big misprint you might say yeah you know and they had to correct that right away well, so I, I've got one of the few uh, so in loves. That's interesting. You got a, You got a binge copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, that and a quarter might get me a phone call. So, it, I guess Bernie Lowe didn't like the fact you were the Latineers. He came up with the times. 
Yes, he did. You know, because we were we were going to, at at that time. Everybody that we knew had a near behind their name: the Latineers, the yeah. the Creeneers, the so and so. So we sat called ourselves the Latineers, and we were doing all the local clubs in Philadelphia. You know, trying to make a name for ourselves. But then when we got the Cameo Parkway, uh, when they get ready, got ready to put the song out. Bernie Lowe said a uh, few things. He said he said uh, we did it in a bossa nova beat. Uh, uh, we did it with full orchestration, etc. And uh, he said, well, what you do is take out the music. The harmony is so good. Take out the music. So that's Roy Strait just playing piano, and we had a bass player, and I was in the background doing the finger snap. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Bernie, before they put the record out, Bernie said, I'm gonna change the name. And we said, well, we didn't mind. You know, we were young. We didn't care. So he said, I'll call you the Times. <laughs> and that's how that came about. It's it's interesting because, of course, what followed was wonderful, wonderful. And then there were records right. like People and stuff like that. It seemed like they were trying to make you a pop standards act rather, uh, you know, rather than rock and roll or soul. Right. Well, that's what I really wanted to do. I would, when So Much In Love came out. I said to myself, I said, this is our first bomb. That's just what I said. Mm. And uh, uh, on, the other, on the flip side of it was Roscoe James McLean. It was a song almost like the Coasters did Searching. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing it, and they're like, that's me leading really like one of them raspy voices. And I said, that's the one. Yeah. But they went with so much in love, and uh, boy, I'm glad they did, because I would have never been able to sustain that voice all through these years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part is true, but yeah, it was. I would agree with you. If I had been at the table, too, I would say, come on, not pop standards. But it, uh, right. it seemed like that's what they tried to do. Now, of course, here in short order come along the british invasion which uh, right. was in many ways detrimental to everybody but what i found most fascinating is that you might be the only group the times that had a number one record in the usa and a number one record in great britain and they right. not only not only were not the same record but the records bombed in the respective countries and of course i'm talking mm -hmm. about so much in love did not do anything in great britain and anybody right. who's a beach music fan, Ms. Grace was a huge British hit. So, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, that that took us. We we did like uh, maybe like three tours of Europe, and uh, we were over there. As a matter of fact, when we were over there, we were over there with, with the record people. That was yeah, it was a mild hit over there. Mm. And uh, while we were there, I got a call in the hotel, and one of the some one of the executives called, and he says, uh, "Do you mind? We heard we heard this album, and we think that this Miss Grace is a monster." Yeah. He says, "Can we start playing it?" So I said, "Well, you better call up the record company back." in the states and find out about that so we left and we were home for about two months well for about 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 a month or so and miss grace just took off and the next thing we know we're over we're back over there for like six weeks <laughs> yeah it was it was a huge huge record and it was a hit in philadelphia i'll give it that you know das played it and harvey holiday played it but of mm -hmm. course maybe bigger than all of that it became and i think it probably has not changed the second most popular beach music song of all time and right. did, did you even know what beach music was had no idea <laughs> had no idea you know and uh what had happened when the record did hit number one it was the what they called it the shag the shag talk it was right. a shag tone they right. called it yeah. and uh it was like a um 
uh, we were supposed to go down there to uh, receive award an award because it was the number one SAG song. Yeah. But we had another trip to Europe that we had to make, and we couldn't make it down there to get the receive the award. Yeah. Well, I assume that wasn't the only award because that record literally on those Carolina jukeboxes for years and years and years was uh, was the number one choice. And it surprised me with all that action that RCA didn't try to do something here in the States with that record. It seems like they never really promoted it. Not really, not really. Uh, and, and, and as far as the, the uh, United Kingdom... Uh, it seems like the acts are really taken differently over there than they are here. Oh yeah, I put it like that, you know. And uh, when we were over there, you couldn't, we couldn't even walk down the streets. It was like us, like the Beatles coming here, yeah. and that made me feel like a superstar. <laughs> oh sure, sure, and uh, th- that's that's one of the things that uh, Americans tend to forget their history. But uh, I, well, I'm sure you're still touring over there. Not in the last year, of course. Nobody's going anywhere. But when's the last time you did a Great Britain tour? Uh, let me see. Uh, we were we we went over there uh, about the year what the year before last. Okay. I think it was. We were over yeah. there with um, uh, man. We were there with uh, we toured with Billy Paul just yeah. before he passed. Yeah. Uh, the Temptations, Little Anthony. Uh, 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 oh wow! How many? Who else was on that show? I had the, I had the folder right here trying to get it together. But uh, we toured we toured there we toured there for like. Um, uh, like I said, the year before last, we did we did one tour with David Getz. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Sure. And uh, he was a p- big promoter over there, and he promoted sure, he promoted just about everybody. And uh, we went over there, and we would we uh, we toured with him. We toured with him twice over there, and just be, just before Billy Paul passed, we were over there the last time with him. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure will be will be again. Now the the other thing is I've noticed uh, again not this year, but you guys have been big on the cruising scene. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. And matter of fact, we were supposed to do a, a malt shop memory cruise last year. Yeah, and they pushed it back to this November coming. So we hope it's going to happen. We did about three of those. Yeah, they're, they're nice. They're nice. <laughs> they're really nice to do too. Oh, they are nice, and uh, and they mm-hmm. se- they sell out quickly. So anybody who thinks that there isn't uh, a future for this music hasn't seen the bookings because it's uh, it's right. huge. Right. Now, of, right. co- of course, another big record I remember Blavitt used to play the heck out of it was "Here She Comes." Mm-hmm, right, and, and right. that that originally was <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, and that uh, originally was a B side. I understand. Yes, it was. And um, a matter of fact, I just did an interview with him uh, two days ago. Oh, with Jerry Blavitt? Oh, okay, on on uh, Blavitt, uh, yeah, on the uni- and, on the uh, Temple he, he Station. Plays it, and a matter of fact, we're going to do a couple of shows with him this year. Already booked. Oh, yeah. But like I said, everything that we were supposed to do last year has been pushed back. So I hope this pandemic, please hurry up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think when they talk about businesses that have been affected by COVID-19, I don't think there is any business that's been affected nearly as much as live performing. It's literally obliterated it for a year, and it's not getting much talk. Yeah, right. Because uh, we, um, uh, you know, we had, our fan base has been really great. You know, and um, I'm getting emails and texts from people 
Oh, just about everywhere across the country. When are we going to see you guys again? We hope, matter of fact, we hope to see you guys on the Mark Shop cruise this year. We hope yeah. it happens, and so. But uh, a lot of it, it really affected a lot of people. It really has. Oh yeah, yeah, a- ap- absolutely. And for uh, for some people who literally are a hundred percent income dependent on it, this has just mm-hmm. been a nightmare. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah! On, on, I'm glad I worked all the years that yeah. I did. You know, retirement is nice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are talking with Caesar <laughs> Alberry of the Times. If you want to join us, eight 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 seven six five five nine three is eighty eight eighty eight Raleigh on WGN Radio. WGN Radio. I'm Raleigh James, and there's a reason that record is the second most popular beach music song of all time. And of course, my information's a little outdated. I don't know what's going on in the beach music scene today, but literally for decades, it was. And if you're wondering uh, what record beat it as far as beach music, well, only one, and that was uh, Billy Ward and the Domino's 60-Minute Man. But as far as I'm concerned, Ms. Grace most listenable song out there and we're talking to caesar from the times and you can join us at 888-876-5593 but you know caesar we were talking about whether they promoted that or not and what's interesting to me is right before it you little trust maker came almost out of nowhere a decade after you'd really been hot on the charts and it does very well it's a top 15 record nationally number one in some markets you would think that rca would have said well you little trust maker is a great record let's go with that momentum i can't imagine what happened there you know my, my i'm wondering about that myself but uh i can tell you a little just a quick story about little trust maker um we were in the studio putting it together and george our lead singer at the time he was singing it so pretty you know yeah. so uh billy jackson who was our producer he went in to show him how he wanted it done Ooh. And come and to make a long story short, that's Billy Jackson, our producer, doing the lead on Trustmaker. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that that's a fascinating story. No, I did not know that at all. And uh, and it was it was it was one of the surprise hits. You know, again, because here it is, seventy four. You don't expect it, and then here comes Ms. Grace. Like I say, just one of the best records ever. And uh, RCA just just lays down. I don't get it now. Of course, You'll Trust Maker was the second biggest pop hit, but a couple years later, here comes It's Cool, which becomes a huge R&B record. What's the story there? Right. Well, uh, oh, oh boy, that that was a that was a that was a surprise to us all because if I you know I wish I could really explain. How can I say? I listen. I even listened to the stuff that we we that we recorded ourselves, and I listened from the beginning all the way up to the seventies. All the stuff how George's voice changed yeah. and how the sound of the group changed. You might say into the R and B market. And uh, it was a really surprise to us, and it was it was a good it was a big hit. A, a, a couple of other things too. Uh, with Lady of the Night, uh-huh. you know that that was uh, that was more more, more nicely a um, uh, how can I say? <laughs> it, it it was a record that was uh, a lot of it was, how can I say? How can I put it nicely? <laughs> uh, let me see. Matter of fact, on that record, Lady of the Night. Uh, 
uh, if, if you know uh, what's his name, um, uh, Quest Love, he mm-hmm. was a boy. He was young, about 12, 12, not about 10, 11 years old. And his father, Lee Andrews, sure. and him were on the records talking before we started singing. Oh, wow. I, I, and I, that was Quest Love's first record, you might say, first time in the record business. Man, that, that's great. Yeah, of course, and Lee Andrews, a huge Philly name for so many years. And yeah, I wonder yeah. How, how many Quest Love fans have even a clue what Lee Andrews uh-huh. is all about. But, but you know, with Lee Andrews, too, well, I'm, I'm going to mean to cut you off, no, okay. but with Lee Andrews, he was hot at the time uh, at Cameo Parkway when we came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Bernie Lowe, he looked at, he, you know, he said, hey, so much in love, that's your next hit record. He's talking to Lee Andrews. And uh, Harvey Holiday, who else? Not Harvey Holiday. Uh, who? Um, oh man, I can't think of the DJ's name at the time. High Lit was Lee Andrews' manager at the time, yeah. and he wanted the song for Lee Andrews. And we said, if we can't record it, nobody's going to record it. Good. And at the time when So Much in Love came out, Hylit didn't want to play the song. Oh no! Until it, and when it became when it became a hit, he had to play it. Absolutely. Because he wanted it for Lee Andrews. <laughs> yeah, but you you guys wrote it. It didn't work quite like he had hoped. Interesting. Right, right. And I, I, I really, like I said, I really didn't have that much faith in the song when it first came out. But then I'm laying in bed, and uh, like I tell my wife, I'm laying in bed, and all of a sudden I'm hearing guys walking down the street singing it. I'm hearing guys on the corners, you know, uh, on the street corners singing it like we used to do yeah. with the Dells and the Flamingos and stuff before we got big. And we used to harmonize on the corner. And I said, they're singing my song. You know, and that was mm-hmm. like... Whew, boy, that was that was fantastic. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. That's uh, that's one of the the great highs when you can uh, achieve that. And it's so funny yeah. because you know, yes, record sales are important, and that's great, and all of that. But there's just mm-hmm. there's just a visceral high from knowing that you're the act that the kids are singing on the street corner. That's right, big, that's right, big big right. stuff. Yeah, and it took us and it took us to the Apollo Theater. Uh, we were with Jocko. We would, we did a show, and our first show at the Apollo. You know, so much in love. We were with uh, Moms Mabley and Jackie. Let's see, Jackie Moms maybe Lloyd Price, and uh, somebody else was on the show. I forgot who else. And uh, we got booed off the stage the first day. The no. first, first, first. Actually, we were going to be at the Apollo for a week. And when you got booed off the stage at the Apollo board, you didn't want to go back out there. You know, that when they had the real scat man that came out with the hook to yes, pull off. Yes, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, now, let, let, me, let me ask you about that. Do you think it's because it was more of a pop standard sound that they were expecting something else? Yeah, but see, you know, I have to tell you this, too. A lot of people, even, even my wife now, you know, when she first heard the record, she told me she thought that we were a white act, <laughs> and which a lot of people thought that because Harvey Holiday, when we first did the uh, with the Schubert Theater, I think it was downtown, yeah. we used to we used to do a thing where we used to t- walk in and bring the clothes in, bring our clothes in and hang them up and be sitting in the dressing room. And the promoters would come in and say, are the times here yet? And we said, no, they're not here yet. They'll be uh, here shortly. Uh, <laughs> and when we walked downstairs at, at the Schubert and Harvey looked at us, he said, who are you guys? I said, well, we're the times. He said, my God. He said, I thought you castle was a white act. 
That's just what he said to us. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, that's, that's such a great story because usually I hear that the other way around. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had mm-hmm. a buddy in North Carolina, Donnie Weaver, who was the lead singer for The Occasions, the group that had Girl okay. Watcher. And he had, yeah, Girl Watcher, yeah, yeah. he had the problem in reverse. He'd get booked and they'd, he'd, they'd go in and they'd say, well, who are you? They'd say, well, we're The Occasions. And they're like, no, you're not. Uh-huh. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I remember. <laughs> Matter of fact, I went up to uh, not too long ago, but last year, the year before last, I went up to uh, my wife and I, my daughter. We went up to Mohegan Sun. We were up there for a week, mm-hmm. and they had they have a, uh, a lounge up there. I forgot the name of it. The um, I forgot the name of it. And uh, I'm sitting in there, so I said, "Well, I should like to get booked here." And I gave the guy my card. And uh, he looked at the card. He said, the Times. He said, you represent the Times? I said, no, I'm the Times. And he called in about three people, uh, promoters and stuff. He said, this guy is impersonating the Times. <laughs> because they, you know, they thought it was a white act. <laughs> That's hilarious. He believed me. And I had to convince this cat who I really was. <laughs> you know, I guess, I don't know, it, it never occurred to me to wonder about that when I liked a song. But you, uh, mm-hmm. you, hear, this, you hear this so often. And uh, I would also think, because, you know, you guys were big, and I mean big, and your, mm-hmm. your pictures were on those albums. It wasn't, right. like, it wasn't like they had, like a lot of the, the Carolina groups, they just have a drawing on the album because they were afraid to mm-hmm. show the band. But you were there front and center, so it's almost like, wait a minute, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, they still don't know. They don't know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and, and that matter of fact, the People album, when we mm-hmm. uh, we we're on the beach, it's, 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 it's a cartoon cartoon drawings of us on the album cover. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, that's when even, even I talked when I talked to Smokey, you know, he was telling me, you know, we're talking about that. And they didn't want to put, uh, you know, the Black Axe pictures on album covers at the time. Right, right. No, that was a very it's, big it's thing. Crazy. Well, it was crazy. But that's, of course, how beach music evolved. You know, the kids mm-hmm. would go to the Carolinas in the 40s and 50s, as far back as that. And they'd come home and they couldn't say we want to hear what were then race records, you know, or anything. They'd get kicked right. out of the house. So they'd say, let's hear the music we heard at the beach that beach music mm-hmm. so uh, that was always a euphemism for R&B and it's so funny because mm-hmm. of course you mentioned that in California and they think you mean like Jan and Dean and so right. <laughs> like no not not hardly <laughs> yeah it's well, we, we did one of their songs too uh, oh. uh, it's two girls for every boy oh god uh, help me it, yes. we recorded that song but we made a beach uh, beach album with uh, Bobby Rydell, Chubby Checker, and Dee uh, Dee Sharp. You know, it was a collaboration yeah. thing. Yes, the the things that they made the Cameo Parkway acts do. Uh, Cal Mann and, <laughs> uh, and Bernie Lowe. I mean, there's a certain hell for them on some level, for sure. <laughs> but, believe me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but on, on the other... Uh, yeah, I do believe you, every bit of it. But on the, uh, on the other hand, there was a Cameo Parkway sound. That studio, what came out of that studio was just uniquely theirs, and we'll pick it up right right there. And I was going to play you a little Trustmaker, but now that I think about it, I'll I'll play another Times record that I love, and I'll let you decide why maybe Axe Bookers or whatever said, well, this can't possibly be a black act. And of course, I listen to it and say, how could it possibly be anything else? Yeah, and I say that with all the love in my heart. All right, so 888-876-5593 is 8888 Raleigh on WGN Radio. Speak love to me. 
GN Radio. I'm Raleigh James, and yes, those are the times. One little kiss, and what a great song that was. Season. Oh boy, you bring back some memories with that. Yeah. Well, you know. It's, yeah, we 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 do that on our shows too. You know, we get to a part on the show where we ask, is there, is there anyone that has a birthday in the audience, or whatever the case may be, and we'll either go down to them or bring them up on the stage, and we'll sit them down and we'll sing that song to them. Oh, perfect. Well, it's, it's just such a great song. And mm-hmm. l- like I was saying, there was a sound, you know, a- as bad as some of the behind-the-scenes machinations were at the lovely Cameo Parkway, uh, the mm-hmm. sound, what you heard in the records, were terrific. And I know I saw a picture of you with Joe Tarsio a while ago, and I know you did some things at Sigma, mm-hmm. and everybody and their brother who counts was a was a session musician but why were those cameo records so distinctive you know you, you think of things like the orlons or whatever they couldn't have been done right. anywhere else what was the deal right well we had number one we had a good producer billy jackson right and uh to give just a little history of him he used to sing he he was a he used to sing with the revels back in the day yeah you know the, yeah, they made uh, what was it Dead Man Stroll, right? And exactly, Tony and stuff like that. Right, yeah. right. And uh, he was a great. Believe me, he was a great producer, and his, his imagination and the way he got things together in the studio would really. I mean, really fantastic. And him and I, we had our problems because I said, I'm, I want to be a producer. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't let me do it. But but one time he did. But anyway, he was a good producer, with, along with Jimmy Wisner. Uh, uh, um, who, else, uh, who else was our producer uh, record-wise? Richie Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, our Rangers, they they put a lot of good stuff underneath us musically, you know. And uh, we rehearsed those things. Sometimes we would go in the studio and just knock them out maybe 10 takes, maybe less, you know. Because we just that excited to go in and do something. I'll put it like that, you know. Yeah, well, they're, they're, obviously the talent on those uh, sessions were unbelievable. Everybody, uh, you know, from Kenny Gamble to Bobby Eli and Bernard Purdy right. and you name it. Uh, Leon Huff, right. I think, uh, played on some of that stuff. So just uh, a ton of, uh, of amazing, amazing talent out of that. But as I say, apart from all that, there was just something about, I don't know, the acoustics in the room, whatever it was, yeah. those records yeah. were distinctive. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people want to cover records you really can't cover those records right because uh, when we first uh went to record that's that was that sigma sound now yes right when we first went to record that's where we recorded a lot of that stuff and it was just a warehouse yeah you know it was just a big warehouse that joe tarzia had studio in there and he put the you know the equipment whatever the case may be and the sound that came out of there and to have when george was singing those ballads and stuff like that they would turn out all the lights in the studio Oh, and wow. he was singing in the dark, you know. He just he, he and and, and the, the the things that came out of his voice when he sang like that was just. I sit and listen to him now, and I say, boy, he was one of the great singers that came out of Philadelphia. 
Oh, I agree. And you know that story about doing it in the dark, you can almost hear that when you listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the ambience mm-hmm. just comes through in the grooves, and that's, uh, uh, that's terrific. Now, of, right. of course, uh, Cameo Parkway wound up being owned for a while, unfortunately, by Alan Klein, and everything stopped mm-hmm. dead for a while. And uh, we all have our little theories on what was behind the scenes there. But uh, mm-hmm. after all that, when they started bringing out stuff again, did you guys finally get royalties? Uh, what from? Uh, well, now, well, now we are. Okay. You know, now uh, I'd say when so much in love first came out, uh, when we've got our first royalty check, we were like kids in the kids in the candy store. Right. <laughs> I've never seen that much money in my life. Right. Of course. <laughs> it, not to think that we were, you know, you know, guys off the corner in North Philadelphia, you know, and we and we coming up, going down to down to the record company, and they gave us a check for, you know, the money that we got, you know, that was like, man, and it was around Christmas time too. We yeah. got it, you know, and I mean that was like, shoo, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> it was sure, fantastic. Oh, yeah. sure, it was. But but as time went on, like I say, during the Alan Klein days, they, they declined mm-hmm. to use any of the music in commercials. They declined to use it in movies or television or anything. And there were so many years there. And like I say, we could all be conspiratorialists about why. But the bottom line mm-hmm. is, it stopped it dead at a point when this stuff would have been used. So right. You, you're, right. sa- you're saying right. the uh, the gravy train is, thank God, starting again, that uh, actually there's compensation? That's great. Yes, you know, thanks to disc jockeys like you and, you know, other disc jockeys, you know, still paying our stuff. Yeah. Like you said, uh, sound exchange, yeah. places like that. They, you know, they got you know got that organizations together, and, you know, it, it, it pays off now. You know, it's pretty nice. Good. You know? Good. And that's especially important now with the with the touring lull. Now as you look right. at as you look at twenty twenty one, are people booking again? Is it a point where the venues are expecting that there will be live performances? Yeah, well, I, I talked to a couple of promoters that I've gotten pretty friendly with, uh, Al Simone up in New York City, people like that. Uh and they our bookings now will will start our bookings right now will start back in the month of March, supposedly. Good. And we're booked all the way up to the end of the year. Oh, yeah, and another cruise in November, right? Right, right. And I'm really, that's, oh, man, every, people on that cruise, Gladys Knight, uh, Mary Wilson from the Supremes, uh, uh, who else? Uh, I mean, there's so many. Uh, uh, Bill Medley, the, the Righteous Brothers. Uh, I forgot who else is on that tour, but it, it's it's going to be a biggie, you know. And and I really enjoyed him. I mean, you and you know to hear to, to see the way the fans take to you on the tour on the ship, you know. Uh, then my daughter and I would be walking down the down the hallway or something, and you know, season the times. That's one of the times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's a whole different world, believe me. And people really enjoy rubbing elbows with you because you have to you have to be congenial with everyone. Oh, right, know? right. And because if it wasn't for them, you you wouldn't be where you're at today. And I really appreciate them all. And every time I go on the stage, I, I always thank them for hanging in there with us as long as they did, you know, have. And, uh, you know, because, like I said, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we're at today. 
Oh, absolutely. And the neat thing about those cruises, it takes you right back to the late 50s and early 60s when the Alan Freeds and Murray the Kays would have those shows or or even some of those Dick Clark shows where they'd have like 18 acts. And it's like that. It's like Gladys Knight, the Righteous Brothers, Jay and the Americans, the Miracles, the Duprees, the Supreme, on and on. And the Times. So uh, and uh, (laughs) from from what I understand, that one is uh, sold out already. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has, yeah, it has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm really waiting. I hope, really hope it goes off because I, yeah. I enjoy cruising. Matter of fact, just before that, the the virus, the pandemic hit in January, my wife and my daughter and myself, we were just getting off of a cruise. Ah, you know. And uh, oh, oh boy, that was a great one. Eleven days, you know, we had we had a ball, oh, good. you know, butler and everything. <laughs> ah, good, good timing. Well, the oh, hour ha- the hour's gone by far too quickly, and it's been way too long since we've been in touch. So I'm making a vow. Right. My New Year's resolution is to stay in better touch. I would, I would really appreciate that, and I really appreciate you calling and you know us getting together because it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Too long. Well, we'll and do I it. I really appreciate what you're doing too for us. We'll do it again, and thank you, thank you, appreciate mm-hmm. it, Caesar. All right, so Caesar right. of the Times. Now, of course, next hour we'll play trivia. We got a couple hours of it. I got plenty of questions, and uh, yeah, you'll hear plenty more Times records because I play them regularly and can't get enough of it. I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio.